Blog Talk Radio. To all my people in the struggle, you think God's forgotten about you. Here's some pain medicine. Let's go! your car, you at the house, on your job, be encouraged, boo. come on. about fear and how there is a healthy fear, the fear of the Lord. So first I want to start off as always with praise and thanksgiving and prayer. Father, we just come before you thanking you. You're our Abba Father. We love you. We adore you. We enter into your courts with praise and thanksgiving. Father, you said the scepter is extended for me and all the people that I'm bringing with me that are listening to this telecast, this broadcast. Father, we just come before you humbly and ask that you just have your way with this program. Father, by your Holy Spirit, teach us what to say, what not to say, and teach us what to do and what not to do. Jesus, Yeshua, we love you. You're a kinsman redeemer. You're the lover of our soul. And you came on this earth to show us how it is possible to live in fullness, how it's possible to have victory in this life, And in your words, you show us how to be able to overcome and be victorious. So we thank you, we honor you, and we give you the praise. All right, everyone. I'm excited to be here this week um, in putting together this talk. There's a lot of things that were brought up that I have gone through myself and how God has just delivered me from a lot of fears I've had. Now the types of fears I face is fears of my own inadequacy. You know, a lot of times when God calls us to do something, we are the first ones to say, I can't do that. But he says in his word, and we have to say to ourselves, 
I can do all things through Christ that strengthens me. That's how you overcome fear. By getting a little ahead of myself, let's talk a little bit about what fear is. Now, fear, according to the dictionary, is really an an, unexplainable, unknown entity or thing, thoughts that come to your mind where you, you become afraid. You may even experience fear when it's taken to a deeper level will become very paralyzed and you become very paralyzed in what you um, are wanting to do or paralyzed in even doing anything. It reminds me of years and years ago, people who know me now, they see how outgoing I am and how I travel a lot, how I speak at various functions, but they never knew that there was a period in my life where I had what they called agoraphobia, that is a fear of outdoor spaces, but really it's a fear of being confined. I remember going to grocery stores and literally leaving my groceries and running out of the store because I just felt like people were watching me, they were looking at me. I couldn't even get on the bus because it felt so confining and I would have to walk home. The fear became so paralyzing that I started to get what we call depression. And I didn't know what it was. I just couldn't hardly move. I would kind of raise my head and maybe look around and look at my kids and barely say things at the time when they were little. And I used to walk them to school, and now I didn't. I would just lie on the couch. You know, fear, when it comes in, he started bringing his buddies, oppression, depression, even thoughts of suicide. I've learned through all this that there are spirits. And God said, I do not give you a spirit of fear, but of power, love, and a sound mind. So this was the enemy coming against me. I didn't know anything about the enemy and how to fight back. I just tried to do it naturally. I remember going to a doctor, and he felt like I needed to go on Valium. And I just knew that was serious. I'm like, I I don't want to go on drugs. And I remember just crying out to the Lord. And then I felt better. And then as time went on, I learned that perfect love casts out all fear. Once I became a Christian, I started reading his word, and his word would say many things, and I would look at the word, and I would say, okay, in 2 Corinthians it says, I'm to cast down all arguments and every high thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of God. And God, this isn't from you. These thoughts I'm having, 
and I bring them into captivity. And I thought about captivity. Oh, that's how I feel. I feel like I'm being captive. So as I would say those scriptures and cry out to the Lord, eventually I got my total deliverance, as they say, or healing. You know, it says in Matthew 10, 28, do not fear thereof, for you are more valued than many sparrows. God loves you. He loves you so much. He doesn't want you to walk around in fear. You know, Joyce Meyer talks about the battlefield of the mind, and that's where fear enters in a lot of times. You know, she says, you know, whatever you fear, do it afraid. And that's some wisdom in that because you do have to take action. You take physical action. Spiritual action, you take the word. That's your sword. And then you put feet to your faith, and that's your faith. Now, these thoughts that come to your mind, they may be because of low self-image. Um, you're, you're saying you can't do something. Again, I think back of when I had a, a fear of rejection, fear of man, fear of failure. Um, I remember, and I think I've said that before, when God told me to write the book, Be Made Whole, I kept saying, I, I can't write, I can't write. And I didn't know really where this fear came from. I just thought it was something, just me being, you know, acknowledging something that I can't do. But if God's saying to do something, he knows us more than we do. And I remember how I came to the uh, realization of where this fear came from. And it happened when my son was looking um, online at his grades. He had just went to college. And one of the professors had commented that he should not even be taking his class because of the way he writes and things like that. And my son is extremely smart. I have two sons, and they're extremely smart. But I remember something rose up in me, and I went, no. And I realized what it was. It's because that spirit that had told me years ago when I was in college that I cannot write, I accepted it and vowed that I would never write again. So God showed me that my words, when I spoke those words, I spoke that to me to bring that fear upon me. So I had to come against those words I spoke over myself, but now I had to come against those words that were spoken over my son. And then I got mad. I said, okay, you're going to think you're going to bring this familiar spirit on my children? No. I'm going to do this. I'm going to write. And I would make myself write every single day. Scared, yes. Fear, yes. But not the fear of that, what was good, but fear of the fact that I'm just going to work through this. And eventually I had no more fear about that because God opened up doors where I actually got two paid assignments for writing. And this was, one was for $1,200, another one was for $1,500. 
And this is from someone who said she can't write. Give you a praise report about the book, because I call it the book. It's not my book. It's God's book. He told me to write it. And there were many people that helped me, because you have to really realize there's many people that go along with anything God tells you to do, even this show. There are many people that are praying for me right now, and I just thank each and every one of them. Many people that have, you know, supported me and said, you can do this, and um, and I just have to thank them. And, and same with the book. And when I received a gold seal from Faith Writers in a book review for an outstanding read, I just remember weeping and weeping and weeping because here was it was like I had won the Academy Award. <laughs> it was it was like amazing. Here's someone who didn't think she could write. So I just want to encourage you that whenever you have any kind of fears, you have to face the fears and figure out where are they coming from, what's going on. You know, there's also the the fear, and a lot of times people think, oh well, you know. Jesus, he he didn't he didn't fear. He was he was um, he was perfect and he didn't sin. But I've read in scripture because of some things I've gone through. When I read the scripture, I went, Oh my God! Jesus was afraid, but he went and did what he had to do anyway. And to back that up, I wanted to share with you the scripture. And this is about Lazarus, and we've all pretty much heard about Lazarus and how he, um, Jesus resurrected him from the dead. And I had, you know, heard it preached and had even read about it. But I think when when you're going through various trials, when you start reading the scripture, uh, 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 God reveals more inside the scripture, and you're just like, I, I get it, I get it. So this time when I was reading, um, it's from John, um, the book of John, chapter 11. And and just briefly, without reading the whole thing, I'll get to the point, is um, Lazarus is sick and um, Mary has come and her sister Martha has come to tell Jesus that Lazarus is is really almost on his deathbed. Jesus tells them he's going to come, but then he doesn't go. And a lot of times people think, oh, well, you know, Jesus knew he was going to raise Lazarus, and that's correct. He had already done that before. Um, There's a lot of other meanings, too, because, one, Jesus said, I can only do what my father tells me to do, and the father hadn't told him to leave where he was at, so he had to be obedient and stay. And then also it talks about four days. Um, is when he left to go to uh, resurrect Lazarus. And I remember asking the Lord about four days, and I went to a Bible study that evening and found out that four days is when, in Jewish culture, they believe that the spirit has departed the body with no recovery of coming back. Other than that, the person would probably be in a coma, and they just would have said, oh, he just came out of a coma. So now he goes, and he knows he's going to resurrect and, uh, Lazarus, and he comes, and the people are weeping. 
And then if you look at John 11:35, the shortest scripture, but very powerful scripture, it says, and Jesus wept. Now, for so long I had thought that Jesus weeping was because of the people weeping. And Jesus had been around people that had been crying out and, you know, in sorrow, especially when someone died. There's a lot of wailing. And the verse before that, he says, tell me, where have you laid him? And they said unto him, Lord, come and see. And then it says, Jesus wept. I believe that when Jesus looked and saw where Lazarus was laying, he saw the tomb, he saw the stone, and he saw his own burial. And his flesh was afraid. When your flesh is afraid, you'll start crying, you'll start shaking. And then his spirit man had to rise up and take over, just like our spirit man has to rise up and take over. Sometimes you have to tell your mind, place your hands on your head and say, I will serve the Lord. You will be in obedience to what the Lord is telling you to do. You are not sick. You are the healed of the Lord. And speak to your body. Sometimes even your will and emotion, your soul, your soul is like not wanting to do what the spirit is saying. It says the soul is at enmity with God, meaning it's against God. So our soul realm has to be crucified along with our flesh, which is our, you know, our will, mind, and emotions, and then our body, which is our body, because we live in a body. We have a soul, but we are, we are a spirit. And then the other time that Jesus also showed that there was a time when he was afraid, and he says it, is when he had to go to the cross, when the Garden of Gethsemane. And if you turn to your Bible, Luke 22, verse, Um, he talks about it, and when he was at the place, he said unto them, pray that you enter not into temptation. And he was withdrawn. That means he went away from them of a distance, and he kneeled down and prayed. And this is what he said. Father, if thou be willing, remove this cup from me. Nevertheless, not my will, but thine will be done. And then appeared an angel unto him from heaven, strengthening him. Strengthening him because he was in agony. His soul, his body didn't want to go to the cross. And it says that in verse 44. And being in an agony, he prayed more earnestly, and his sweat was as if drops of blood falling down to the ground. And then the next verse talks about how his spirit rose up over his flesh. And when he rose up from prayer and was come to his disciples, he found them sleeping from sorrow. For 
them sleeping for sorrow, and said unto them, Why sleep ye? Rise and pray, yes, you enter in, yet you enter into temptation. See, it had already been finished. The decision was made in Gethsemane. He overcame his fear. Jesus is showing us that we overcome our fears. What are your fears? I want to take a minute for you to listen as we listen to the words of this song. Let his presence come. Let his presence take those fears, take those images of being fearful of the unknown, the fear of failure, the fear of success, the fear of being alone, fear of jealousy, the fear of, you name it, let the Lord take that. He can take that. Let him do so now. Let's go together into the inner place, into the holy of holies. Let's receive this.
Father, we just thank you for this time. And if anyone who doesn't know you, out of his mouth confess that you are the Son of God, that you came to live on the earth, that you were crucified and died and rose again and you live and you're seated on the right hand of the Father. And Father, let those words come out of their mouth. We thank you, Lord, for this soul. Let the words give praise to our God. Everyone loves you. Give me comments. Go to the um, show page. I'd like to leave you with the ironic blessing. Bye-bye. See you next week. Yevarechecha Adonai v'yishmerecha Yair Adonai panav elecha v'yichunecha Yisa Adonai panav elecha v'yasem lecha shalom The Lord bless you and keep you The Lord make his face shine upon you and be gracious to you The Lord lift up his countenance upon you and give you peace To all my people in the struggle, you think God's forgotten about you. Here's some pain medicine. Let's go! Let's go!